welcome to another episode of Unqualifying Sessions with me, Amy. And this week we are discussing the French Grand Prix. Bit late. We didn't have an episode last week either, but I have been dealing with the COVID. You might be able to hear a little bit still in my voice. So we're a little bit delayed in everything, but we're here. We're doing it. So, in this episode, we are discussing the French Grand Prix 2022, and this could be the last one for the foreseeable future at Paul Ricard. According to drafts of the 2022 calendar, or 2023 calendar even, Paul Ricard is not on there. But we shall see, obviously, when the final calendar for 2023 is announced. Now, During the French Grand Prix, we saw some incredible highs, but also some immense lows. So I'm going to stop rambling and get straight into it. Now, the weekend was going to be tough for Ferrari and Haas, as both Sainz and Magnussen had engine changes, so they were to start at the back of the grid. If you're unaware, each team receives a limit of how many times they can change certain things. For example, engines and gearboxes are two of the main ones that you typically see with the big penalties for the drivers. Once that limit is exceeded, teams can still change them, but they will face a grid penalty. So far, the only teams to do this are Alfa Romeo, Ferrari and Haas, all teams that use a Ferrari power unit. This indicates to me that there are some definite reliability issues here. ever qualifying proof to everyone that the Ferrari power unit has speed. Despite knowing their stuff on the back, Sainz and Magnussen gave incredible performances and got through into Q3, even though they didn't need to. At this point, Sainz essentially was used as a toe for Leclerc to ensure he would start on pole. Now we did see during qualifying some time deletions, most notably for Schumacher and Ricardo in Q1. For Mick, this meant he was out in Q1, even though he gave an incredible lap time at the end. Both drivers received this due to exceeding track limits, which the stewards and, you know, the race directors are being very, very strict on this year. Overall, at the end of qualifying, it was Ferrari and Red Bull front row with Leclerc on pole and Max second. Sunday, things got a bit interesting. The midfield again gave us some incredible battles and I love this so far. I think it is kind of starting to show that there is definitely promise in all of the changes that are being made or have been made to kind of make the gap between all of the teams a little bit smaller. The McLarens and Alpines are basically neck and neck or probably more likely will to will at the moment. I think Alpine has just shaken fourth in the championship now only by about four points ahead of the McLarens. And it ended up being Alonso, Norris, Ocon and Ricardo. Ocon got his first points at his home GP. So well done to Ocon. And I can't wait to 
to see how this battle progresses. I think the Alpines might be a little bit quicker than the McLarens, but I don't think there's tons in it. And it's going to be so, so interesting to see who's kind of going to take this battle, who's going to get there to the end. Then, of course, the Red Bulls and Ferraris also had a great fight. When things don't go wrong, I think it's fair to say. Verstappen and Leclerc were battling. It was all going good. But all of a sudden, Leclerc goes off. And the safety car commences. At first, it seemed like an issue with the throttle. But Leclerc stated after the race, actually, no, we saw a a bit of this during the race. They played some of his interview that it was a driver error. Now, I think that Leclerc is a fantastic driver and gives such impressive performances. However, I do worry that if it is driver error, as he said, in the end and not the car, he could lose a championship to it. Now, I saw a statistic on Twitter which gave the number of poles each driver has had and how many wins and then kind of the ratio. So, Leclerc has had 16 poles and 5 wins. Then, when we look at arguably his main competitor this year, Verstappen, he also has 16 poles, but he has 27 wins. Now, I'm hoping with the summer break coming up that Leclerc can kind of get his groove back because he has got a great chance of winning this year I mean I know we are over halfway and Max has got quite a good lead but like they say it's not over till it's over and it only takes one or two really good performances or a DNF or let's be realistic at some point Max is probably going to have to change his power unit Dr. Helmut Marko has already said at some stage we are going to have to change a power unit and take that grid penalty. So there is a chance. I just think he's kind of got to get into his groove again and kind of get into that mindset. Now, after this incident, Verstappen went on to win the race quite easily. However, due to Leclerc's DNF and signs starting from the back, Mercedes really came into their own, and it looks like it's becoming a bit of a free-horse race. While Mercedes are still a few tenths off the Red Bulls and Ferraris, they lack the pace, but they make up for this in reliability and consistent results. No team of a Mercedes power unit so far has yet to take a grid penalty to change the engine, so again, just proving that whilst it might not be the fastest the reliability is there currently I believe George Russell is only like one or two points behind Carlos Sainz which just shows that reliability and good solid finishes can get you quite high up in the championship now Hamilton managed to get a relatively comfortable drive in second during his 300th crazy 300th Grand Prix um, and managed to keep Perez behind him now this did lead to Russell and Perez battling it out towards the latter stages of the race 
Hamilton did have a bit of a battle with Perez at the beginning, but kind of managed to kind of keep that gap quite nicely between between the two in the end. So there was an anyway, going back to Russell and Perez, there was an incident involving Guan Yu Zhou and he went off the track. But this time, instead of a full safety car, it was just a virtual safety car. And Russell just managed to get the better of Perez here. And this allowed Mercedes to have their first double podium in 2022. Now, Carlos Sainz had a crazy race. After starting P19, he finished fifth, for which he got driver of the day for, which 100% round of applause... Carlos, great drive. However, not only did he finish fifth after starting at the back, he also received a five-second time penalty due to an unsafe release during his first pit stop. So he, he still managed to get his fifth place. Now, I think like many people when watching it, and I'd like to hear what everybody else kind of thought, um, I was a bit sceptical of Friar's strategy with signs especially after going through the whole alphabet of their plans and scenarios it was like plan b plan d now we're going back to plan a it was a bit crazy um i was a little bit mm. and on top of this when they told signs to pit whilst he was having a great battle with perez and then pitting him when he could have made the gap i was a bit like uh, is this a good strategy? During his pit, Sainz did take his penalty, but you don't have to take your time penalty penalty during the pit. You can take penalty after the race. So you could come in third, take a five second time penalty that puts you say in fourth. If you have enough of the gap and there's like a six second gap between the person behind you, you're gonna stay where you are. Do you see what that is going? If you stayed out. I think he could have created a big enough gap to probably come at least fourth. So, uh, uh, you know, a little bit better than where he was. Um, and just by serving the penalty after the race. However, according to Sainz and Ferrari, it was noted that the tyres wouldn't have lasted to the end. Um, many drivers such as Hamilton and Verstappen complained about the tyre tire degradation during the race. So this is something that may have not been sustainable so perhaps their strategy was better than mine which is it really a surprise when I'm not a strategist but in my mind I just I just thought that perhaps risking it and staying out would be better but I who he knows he knows anyway let's go through where everybody plays and give a little bit of a rundown of the race for everyone so like i mentioned max verstappen first pretty easy race for him he kind of had a little bit of battling with leclerc but once leclerc made his mistake it was kind of pretty much plain sailing um for him then we had Lewis Hamilton, a really great start from him, for him. Um, he managed to get into third quite quick and then um, managed to hold off Perez for quite a while. There's a couple of times it's looking close, but really 
good race for Lewis. George Russell coming in third great battle with Perez towards the end. I know at one stage when they were battling and then Perez went off, it was a bit like, due to rules, it's like he pulled out the rule book and I was like, oh my God. But that did also prompt Toto to kind of get on the radio and say, George, it is what it is. You can do this, overtake Perez. And he managed to do it. And Perez was fourth. A decent race for Perez. I feel like particularly after the virtual safety car restart and I think a lot of people have kind of said this it just kind of seemed like he just wasn't fully alert and awake so but decent race Carlos signs in fifth fantastic race for him after starting in P19 he also got fastest lap so well done Carlos then we have Fernando Alonso in the Alpine um I mean you just can't get around Fernando Alonso he just he knows where to put the car because the McLarens just cannot get round him. Lando Norris, decent race for Lando. Um, he did lose two positions, but he was kind of stuck in a Mercedes sandwich and the Mercedes are quicker than McLaren. Um, and he did mention after the race that his start was not the best. So hopefully if he can get his starts a little bit better, that would be fine, but a decent race for Lando. Esteban Ocon scored points in his home race for the first time, so well done, Esteban. It looked like for a while he was kind of stuck behind Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Rick managed to kind of keep him behind for a while, but Esteban just managed to get there and get to it. Daniel Ricciardo in ninth, so a little bit better than his. Um, qualifying obviously with Magnussen and Sainz taking the grid penalties he did a decent job um I think if he could have kept Esteban behind him that would have been great apparently again issues with tired egg so obviously if McLaren can sort out tired egg that would be well I say tired egg I think it was more just tires in general so we'll just have to see but they are definitely the McLarens are getting closer together which is what we want to see and I kind of can't wait for the battle between Alpine and McLaren to continue because it's only four points and I really want a close battle for the rest of the season in 10th we have Lance Stroll um he did okay Lance um this weekend um couldn't get around the McLarens and him and his teammates Matt and Vettel were very close at the end I thought they were going to crash but luckily they didn't Sebastian Vettel in 11th um decent race just Aston Martin is just not it's just not a very good this year it the car is just not great I don't think um yeah unfortunately uh 12 Pierre Gasly um I felt really sorry for him actually at qualifying he literally just missed out by like 0.016 seconds um getting into the next I think Q2 so I did feel really sorry for him so getting up to 12 
it's good um alex albon in 13th i don't think too much i can't really remember too much happening with alex albon which is quite bad isn't it yeah but I, i can't really remember too much but you know again the the williams is is not particularly good this year they scored some points but it seems like for me the williams is either quite good or it's just it's just not um we've seen some like glimmers of really good potential so hopefully they can extract a little bit more valtteri bottas again i don't really i think he probably i don't really remember too much valtteri unfortunately 14th mick schumacher felt a bit sorry for him when he had his you know q1 time deletion did feel sorry for him because that was a really really good lap really good lap um for him but the hat is i think apparently they got new side pods apparently so they they could be quick we 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 can't rule them out they they when they need to they put a really good performance so hopefully we'll get Mick Schumacher back in the points Guan Yu Zhou first of our DNFs now I saw some people saying oh why isn't um Guan Yu Zhou coming up as DNF when you look at the standings um so one of the things that I believe is so the french grand prix circuit is roughly 53 50 yeah it's 53 laps um finished majority of the race so he's only six laps to go when he crashed I believe that then will fit him in the 90%. So if you complete 90% of the race, they essentially like classify you as completing the race essentially. It's the best way I can like describe it. It's not accurate um at all. But it's the best way i can describe yeah it's 47.7 yeah 47 laps is roughly 90% so he completed 47 laps so that's he's completed a good chunk of the race so they don't always show it as dnf if i can find like a proper article i'll link it but because i did not explain that very well but it's due to the fact it's showing as not a dnf uh, but as plus six laps is i believe due to him completing a certain percentage of the race whilst others hadn't completed that percentage again i'll find if i can find an article i'll put it all in there because that was a terrible explanation but i hope if anyone had that query i helped a little bit um then we have nicholas latifi who had a dnf Kevin Magnussen had DNF which was again quite sad to see because he was putting in really good laps and his start his start was better than Carlos Sainz's it really was he was just overtaking like there was no tomorrow 
so sassy and then show show yeah we, let's not talk about that you get you need to, you can get your groove back show we believe in you we believe then in 20th have Yuki Tsunoda Yuki Tsunoda kind of had a bit of a bad start and I just don't think he ever really got back to where he needed to be so Yuki Tsunoda always also DNF'd and lastly on we have a little bit of news that has come out today on Thursday the 28th of July 2022 I'm sure you've all seen four time world champion Sebastian Vettel will retire at the end of the 2022 season his last race will be at the Yas Marina Circuit in Abu Dhabi which will also mark his 300th race entry so I think I stand with everyone in saying thank you Seb for everything you have done on and off the track you are one of the greats truly one of the greats and you will be very sorely missed with fans and in the paddock I am sure but have a wonderful retirement I'm sure when it gets to Abu Dhabi we'll all be crying because we're gonna miss him so much but anyway now obviously race weekend is already upon us because it's Thursday practice is tomorrow I'm excited and we are in Hungary this weekend oh yeah this will be the last race for about three weeks as we go on summer break Ugh. and last year this race was absolute madness so I'm intrigued to see if we have more drama or a karma race um anyway on that note the weather is showing possibility of rain in Budapest so yeah I think there's potential for chaos this race weekend again um but we'll obviously just have to see anyways thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support it does mean a lot and I will see you in the next one bye